0: Thank you.
1: How y'all doing today? I'm your host, Nate, here on the Artist Exchange radio show, uh, only on deexposeradio.com.
0: Let me just share it out a little. I don't know who to send it to. Okay, I'm back. So um today's topic, what did I say? I forgot the damn
1: topic that, that um that damn fast. What did I say about? So anyway, before we get to the topic, I'm going to discuss just some things that's been going on in the past week. One, we're nearing opening night of the You Thought I Was Him project. And that is going pretty well. I am really excited about um, all the things that's been happening in association with it. If you have not gotten a chance to, you can go to Facebook or Instagram to the You Thought I Was Him page on either Facebook or Instagram and check out the process up until this point and see what the latest news on it is. Um, We have one, we're going into the final week of rehearsal and then we'll be in production week. we have a couple preview shows. um, And then we open officially on the 11th, Friday the 11th. Um, It's going to be held at the Arena Playhouse. Um, And if anybody has ever done a play, you know what type of um, um, stress it can be making sure you've done all you can do with right now. My job is really promoting it and 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 pushing it, and I'm doing that. We'll have an art show component to this, so come on out. Opening night, get your tickets for opening night. It's definitely going to be a party. Um, we just got the DJ's name and information. Um, there'll be a reception, I believe, afterwards. Um, so I'm um, um, before and after, actually. Um, We'll have some vendors, some artists, a DJ. Um, Yeah, and it runs from the 11th to the 27th. I'm really excited about it. Um, What else, what else, what else going on with that? Um, Next Friday, we'll have um, more of the actors on. We don't have them on this weekend but we'll have them on for next weekend. Um, If you are watching the show, please share it out. Um, And if you're looking for any other shows, you can go to the Artist Exchange page uh, or Big Exposed Radio Shows page on YouTube and watch some past shows. But tonight, uh, well, for the past week, I've been posting um, a couple posts and I I want people who keep inboxing me. First of all, I can say whatever I want to say on my social media page. Um, because it's my social media. Um, and typically, um, it's not so much that the things that I talk about are not personal, it's more so experiences that I've had indirectly or directly. Meaning, I may have seen something, I've heard something, I may have had a conversation. I'm, I talk to a lot of people throughout the week, but sometimes certain issues come up and I post about them. Um, and I'm not heavy on social media that way in terms of me talking, but I'll comment on things. One of the things that I've noticed is that there's big gaps in between the generations ahead of me and the generations um, behind me. Um, and I feel like I'm in that that um, special generation of millennials where um, the only way I know how to explain it, um, DDM, we had a meeting. Uh, a community conversation with him, and he says, our generation is um, stuck between analog and digital. And we remember what it was like not to have all of this technology, but we also are at the opening door of all of this technology coming up. So many of us were kind of the first ones to try things out um, at our age range. I remember being able to play on a computer when I was like a preteen and then you start to learn phones and, you know, gaming consoles and all those things. But but there was a time where a lot of this technology was not, you know, it wasn't as accessible. I remember as um, uh, late as high school for me, I think I got my first phone when I probably was a junior. Um, and it was really you know very limited. You couldn't text at first for a couple of years once cell phones became more accessible. you couldn't text. um I wanted to say, could you get on the internet? I don't know if you could even get on the internet on the phone, but I know texting was like a new thing um but you know, now me looking at my phone and seeing all that it can do, you can run a business um, from anywhere in the world, just, you know, with a, a phone. And it's it's really interesting to see where we are going with technology. But I say all that to say, I think there's a big gap in our generations. And I say that in the space of um, respect. Even people that are my age, I see them suffering, uh, struggling, rather, with how they respect people. So we've learned to respect people because they have what they have or what they may not have. Um, and it's it's really hard relating to people in my age range. So typically, the people who I have deeper conversations with are typically much older than me. Um, because they have a certain level of understanding that I can appreciate, being as though how I was raised, and how I was raised was with a great grandmother that was in her 80s in my household, and then a grandmother, and you know my mother was young girl, but it it still she still had the wisdom because she was always under her grandmother, um, who was my great grandmother, and it, it really just. It's frustrating at times, but it's so hurtful at times as well to understand how the dynamics between older and younger generations are. This this idea that we always gotta be booked and busy, um, with no real respect to the moment that you're in. So we put all these things on our plate and we're still looking for more opportunities and more money. And we're not focusing on the things right in front of us. And I think that is so detrimental to our legacy. Even though you can't really in the moment in time the determine your legacy, I think it really affects our integrity, our legacy, and just our overall well-being
0: because. I don't know who raised some of you. Like it just, and and I and uh, one of the things that
1: kept coming up in this, you thought I was him project that we've been doing for the past year was the absence of mentorship. And not that mentorship is off the table completely, but I think now the individuals that get the mentorship are already on a great course in life. is no longer to help support and guide and be an extended, um, uh, leadership space for, and I said that wrong, uh, extended like family or extended guidance, you know, um, but now it's for the higher achievers that are already achieving high, you know, whereas though some of the other students that may just need a little bit more guidance, they kind of fall through the crack. And I, it's, I wonder why I always wonder why young people react to even somebody my age, the way they do it's because they have not had the support or the consistency. I'm not saying they haven't had it at all, but they haven't had the support and when they do get the support, they're sitting in a principal's office or they're sitting in a detention center or they're sitting in a special classroom. Uh, and that's, that's often not too late, but it's too late. You know, they already have a mindset. They already have a way of thinking. They already have, you know, that often follows us as young people into our adult life. And it's really hard to break habits as an adult that you've had since a child, you know, whether it be your eating habits or, um, promiscuity or, um, just your attitude, it's hard to break habits that you develop as a child um, because it's in you. It becomes a way of your your way of living and surviving often. Um, And I I don't know how to, and I've been, you know, I've I've done little mentorship programs. I've worked for programs like that. Um, I've been a part of it as a child myself. So I've always wanted to recreate those things that I had as a child. And, um, I've been for years looking back over that process and figuring out what worked and what didn't work and what could be successful and what may not be, uh, helpful. And it's, it's really been a sad space to be in because you don't know, um, really what each one of these children need, even, even to get personal with them and And sit on that level and talk to them. A lot of them aren't willing to share the things that are really going on, and it's maybe embarrassment, maybe fear, maybe um, just I don't know what's going on. And I've met a lot of young people who've had that answer. They just don't they don't know what's happening. And I remember a, a phase in my life before I I had some trauma. Um. Feeling like something was wrong and not understanding what's wrong. And I think we should talk more to children, but there's a verbiage and a mindset that's being introduced to children, meaning they can't learn from somebody they don't respect or love. And although I understand love and respect is something that you earn. I don't believe you can start off not trusting or start off not having faith in something. Like how did you develop that or how is it taken away from you? Because me being a child and then a lot of children around me, unless something happened to me at a really young age, you didn't you weren't born into an untrusting state of mind. That's something that was put into you. And it's based off of fear that someone has passed down. And I was watching this old uh, interview with Kiki Palmer, and she was basically saying, fear is a lie. It's something that has been given to you or put into you or trained in you. Um, typically, you're not afraid of stuff that you don't have any knowledge of. Is That makes you more adventurous. And that's that's what the childhood is. But being in the classroom, I've learned that a lot of these children have not had normal or quote unquote normal childhoods in terms of, you know, they may be treated like an adult at home. There may be some neglect or inappropriateness happen at home. And it's just, it's very sad to hear, it's hurt, it's sad to um, know that. Um, generating now is maybe two or three generations behind me that are now growing up with this mindset where they can't trust people or you have to have billions in the bank for you to be listened to um and the people that are in your immediate space aren't worthy of that and you put people on pedestals that are on a tv screen or on a radio or on a computer that you have no knowledge of beyond what you can the snippets of their life that they allow you to see. Um, and then when something happens with that person where they're exposed or their whole life is shown in some way, or they're put on blast or some controversy happens, then you're ready to just bash them.
0: And and that statement um, comes from a space where, um,
1: comes for me me saying that right now is me really just watching this kanye west um story unfold and it's it's a frustrating thing to be a part of in terms of it being in the social atmosphere and social media and just our social consciousness right now
0: i don't understand how we can really There's a lot of things going on, and I don't want
1: to say anything that may make it harder for me, but um
0: it really just it bothers me because a lot of what we go through as black people is at the hands
1: of us as black people. It also is self-inflicted i e Kanye West, um not getting the help he need or not being aware really of the help he needs. And and we go from a space where he, he's always been the oddball out in terms of the underdog, you know, fighting to get to a certain space. And this is what we can see. I don't know this man personally, but it it just feels like when the narrative of a person or who a person is fits my narrative. I'm all for him. But the moment he steps outside of that, and I've been saying it for a minute, like, if if we can keep on one hand saying this man has some strong mental issues and somebody needs to step in, then on the other side, we're calling him out his name and wishing his children get taken away from him and, 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 and hoping that he loses it all, you know, so we'll be much happier and it'll be Funny to us and more comfortable to us to see Kanye West drop all the way down to rock bottom. We find him on somebody's camera phone, you know, eating out of trash cans and not having it. Like that seems to me as a black person, what us as black people are more comfortable seeing in other people. We love the rise to fame. We love when the underdog wins, but In the back of our minds, in my opinion, it feels like we're waiting for them to fall. And that fall becomes so funny and entertaining to us where now there's memes, you know, there's a a meme going around where um, another person has, and Kanye's been taken completely out of it. Now we're just making fun of our own lives using the meme that has been created to make fun of his. Um, where you know, everybody is cutting ties with Kanye. Um, and it at first glance it can appear to be funny, but when you realize at the end of that is a real man who has real children, who has real family I don't know how much more family he has. I believe he has a brother, I believe. Um, but and I'm not taking up for him, but what is so funny about someone's descent from our graces or I don't even think it's grace. I didn't even use that term. Um, But what, what's so funny about it? And I watched, I was talking to a friend the other day and I I was saying to him, Kanye is not the first person this has happened to, and he won't be the last person. We love a good rise and fall story, you know, and it it's becomes, and stuff is just not funny to me right now. We're in a space of time where things aren't funny to me. You know, stuff that I may have chuckled at or entertained is just not funny to me anymore because I'm seeing how people's lives are really being affected by this. Was this the most effective way to get Kanye's attention? Maybe. Maybe him losing everything is what will make him get the help that is needed or make the people around him finally step in and not just make money from him um on the other side of that i'm watching all of these companies drop him not because they believe he's done anything wrong but because public opinion for him is at such a low point they can no longer or they feel they can no longer make money from him um my prayer for him is that he's able to take this moment and and really learn from it and grow from it and get the help that is necessary, and come back with a story, and make all these people who were laughing at him, love him again. Not that that's necessary, because it's going to happen, you know, um, just like we're no longer talking about monkeypox, or we're no longer talking about COVID-19. Same thing is going to happen, but in the meantime, people have gotten
0: so mean-spirited, and uncaring and gross it is
1: a gross behavior from the public at large um the the venom that i hear coming from people's mouth i was i was watching vivica fox speak about kanye and it was it was such hatred and i'm i'm went over the things that he said i don't know a lot of especially black people were upset about the things that he said about um about, um, what was the, the gentleman name that passed away? His name just jumped out of my head. Um, a lot of people was upset about the things that they said about him, but they agreed. They kind of secretly agreed with all the stuff that he said about Jewish people. Um,
0: or, you know, it just it's just, it's hard for me.
1: Because it's so easy for us to throw people away and um, and we wonder why people don't come to us when they're going through things. We wonder why our family members die randomly from some disease that they never even share with us because this is how we treat people who are in need. We shy away from things. We don't want your bad vibes around us. Oh, you know we don't...
0: go ahead the comment section the comment section. Yeah, George Floyd.
1: Um thanks, Crystal. But yeah, it's it's it it hurt it just hurts me how we and I and I get some things, especially if you suffer from things, or if you may be in talking about Kanye, if you may be, you know, um Jewish, or if um, in the case of like R. Kelly, if you've been molested or you've been you know um mishandled when these cases when these stories come up you have a visceral reaction from it often because you haven't dealt with it in your own life but on the other side because you have been victim to it it it, it forces you to have this instinctual attitude towards it or the individual the group or whatever but we we really have to one begin to get the help that we need, so things that don't have anything to do with us does not trigger us, or people don't
0: trigger us without knowledge of what we've been through. Um, I'm also a little upset at and this is hard for me to say some of this stuff.
1: It's hard for me to understand maybe i should say it in a different way we all know the atrocities that the holocaust has brought to jewish people and we hear it and i'm hearing a lot of these quote-unquote jewish out of nowhere a lot of these jewish um individuals or someone that may have a jewish parent or a partner or husband or child or whatever, um, we hear a lot of them have these conversations or they're now speaking out against things that he has said and they have these visceral reactions to it. But where are you when other minorities or other individuals are going through what they've been through? Um, Where are you then? You know, where are you? You know, I I would say the same thing to the Asian population or, you know, um, the Middle Easterners. Like where were you when other people, not just black or LGBTQ, but other races of people that were going through things, is it it feels like we're so self-centered in our own struggles that we we overlook other things. And when we're triggered and what triggers us, we
0: just jump out there to it. But it's really, It is unfortunate, it's unfortunate in many different ways, because we don't really take the time
1: I don't know it is hard and and i'm I'm looking at it and I try to follow it but it's so many different angles of it, so many different opinions or perspectives that it can get hard to kind of follow the the story of it all so um when I know more then I'll speak more on it, but just from the space of him losing so much of his, um,
0: his businesses, you know, um, it's hard. And then then I'm
1: learning other stuff about the organizations that have dropped out. Um, And I don't want to speak on allegations or hearsay information, but, it's just interesting, you know, somebody who has brought you so much money, you're so quick to drop somebody when public opinion turns, and public opinion only turns because then they see you doing this, so it's it's like a cycle that just doesn't end, but I, I don't, I didn't want to spend the whole show speaking on him or his situation. Um, what do you think about it? Definitely, you can um, give us a call at 443-642-9403. Did I say that right, Moni? 642-9403?
0: Yes, Okay.
1: I don't know where I pulled that number from, but it, it, it just came out of my head. Join the conversation at 443-642-9403, or you can continue the message in a message
0: box. Please share, like, subscribe. Uh, This show, future shows, past shows, Um, I just saw, and it wasn't just this week, but I just saw a lot of things this week that, um, made me pause. Um, and as artists, as, um, black people, as
1: men, as people of color, as LGBTQ, as I've seen a lot of messiness happen this week and it just uh, it offends me in a way that um like i said earlier stuff is just not funny to me the same way it was funny to me before because i'm i'm a humanist, like i i value human connections and people and it's just when we get into our spaces on our groups and our cliques and we begin to throw mud or and in some cases, what I've seen in the past couple of months, I've seen people actively from the inside dismantle creativity, dismantle processes, dismantle work environments, dismantle um, relationships from the inside. These The phone call definitely is begun to come from the, began to come from the inside. And I'm seeing that more and more. You know, how do you join something and you, you want to receive something from it, but you don't want to put the work into what will make it its best. Anybody that has ever worked with me in any capacity will always say, well, if nothing else, Nate is going to show up and Nate is going to give whatever he has. Like it's very few people that can ever say that. And if they said that, it was a reason I didn't give my own. It was a reason I stopped the connection. It was a reason. Um but everything that I put myself on, I'm very loyal to a fault. And it also often affects me more than the other parties concerned. But I show up, um, I'm supportive, I'm loyal, I do the things that is asked of me. I bring myself to the table. I don't just Wait with my hand out, you know for a reward for doing nothing um, but we we complain i just i've over for years I've heard the complaints I've heard the um list of demands and all that about people not supporting us as black people. Then I watch us work with each other, and I realize where to support. Leaves, or when it goes, or how it goes, or why it goes, and it's just disheartening, you know. And I'm not, again, even on the side of talking about Kanye, I'm not um taking up for his actions, but I'm also not going to bash him for having mental struggles that are not being taken care of. I'm, I won't. I refuse to do that, you know. I have too many black men in my family who I know, and some some. Early to early point, someone took their hands and their love and their compassion off of them and what effect that may have on them. Um, And yet going into their, you know, future. Now, I always speak about my uncles on this platform, not necessarily because I don't deal with the women or my aunts, but I've watched each of them. I've watched people take their hands off of them at too young of an age, you know, and and, um, I've seen them grow up into men and I've seen how that affected them. I've also been introduced to other men and other children, um, boys specifically, and I've watched people take their hands off of them um, or use them for what they could get. And then when there's nothing left, then they just leave. But this show is just, it's just, and "I thought, I thought this pandemic would really um, show us
0: something different. I thought that this um, pandemic would um, would change
1: us in a way, because you know, many of us, we've lost so many people um, to COVID, to complications." from COVID and other illnesses. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, I was talking to his mom today, and it made me remember him. He passed away during COVID. And it's, it's, you know, when you lose an elders, it hurts because you never thought they would have left or passed away. But when you're losing people that are much younger than your children, young adults, it hurts in a different way because you, you, you mourn for the life that they were not able to live. You mourn for the time you wasted with that person. You mourn for, you know, the people who won't get to meet that person or work with that person or experience that person a way you've been blessed to. Um, and in talking to his mom, um, it, it just jogged a lot of memory. And I didn't know
0: what to say. This is the first time I've ever spoken to her on the phone. And um, you know, hearing her talk
1: about him and people around him, it just it just made me realize, you know,
0: what I need to do for me. Moving forward, what I you know what i um what
1: I want out of life, what I desire it just made me want life more,
0: you know um it just is you know the life cycle is very
1: unpredictable, as we all know it, but it's been very unpredictable in the midst in the last couple of years. Um, due to this virus or flu or whatever, um, but we still are in a space where we don't we don't respect each other, we
0: don't we don't value each other. And I had a couple questions, um, and it, I'm jumping ahead here. But
1: what are your boundaries? What do you see as a boundary? What do you see
0: as a um <clears throat> How do you set boundaries
1: in your various relationships, whether it be friendships, your romantic relationships, your co-working relationships, just strangers, people you you just meet? what How do you set those boundaries? Um, and that's kind of the question that I'm going to next week with as well. But I wanted to throw that out there today. So if you want to comment,
0: um, definitely, um, definitely um,
1: chime in, call in, um, comment. Um, how do you set boundaries in your different types of relationships? Do you have standard boundaries across boards? Does it determine who the person is, how close they are, their relationship to you like what how do you set those boundaries? Um, I also
0: wanted to um I also wanted to it's I'm telling you this week it's been hard and um just watching
1: how people work watching the attitudes of other people watching people um set themselves up set the people around them up without even um with little to no concern about what how that affects people um and i'm not here disputing any person man
0: woman or child that has done something to affect um, someone else's livelihood, someone else's life, Um, not defending it at all. But we have no, like I, I remember there used to be some, you know, when someone
1: when someone passed away, that was a moment where we would find the the good, even though some people you had to search a little bit harder, but even the worst of humans, you would find something. Well, you wouldn't say anything. Now that's the door, the door opens to all of the berating, all of the negativity. Um, as soon as you pronounce dead, there's this list of, well, this person did da, da, da and that person. Da. And, and even before they die, like, soon as something happens, we've grown into a space where not only will I pile on the stuff you've done in
0: life, um, from my perspective, but I'm going to make up something. You
1: know, and I I hear this every time somebody falls from grace. I ain't really like him to begin with. How did he become a billionaire then? If nobody, if nobody dealt with him, nobody really likes him, how did he become so wealthy?
0: It wasn't all Republicans in the beginning up until this point. But that's just, that's just the space that I'm in. Um. One of the reasons that I'm working
1: on this, you thought I was him project, as I said before, a lot of issues mm, along these lines, we bring them up in terms of identity, um, you know, um, relationships, communication. And our community conversations really address a lot of these issues, um, toxic behavior, toxic relationships, and not just all from men, but just what surrounds us. You know, um, there are a lot of expectations put on men. And I said earlier, expectations are horrible. They're really horrible because it's our way of putting our stuff onto you. Often without even communicating with you
0: what my uh, boundaries are. But it, I don't know. I'm gonna kind of switch topics a little bit, but we're um we're in the midst of
1: voting season. Um, Monty, have you voted yet? Did you early
0: vote, or are you gonna go to the polls and vote? Is my mic on? Oh yeah. Dude. Morning, let take a little break. Um.
1: But I'm still doing some research on some of the candidates that we do have coming up and I'm kind of doing doing that while still following some of the um, elections in other states as well and seeing what we're up to be. I couldn't imagine living in a state like Florida um, or even Georgia for this moment and have to deal with some of the candidates that we we have right now um i just watched a debate i think it's that's desantis um i just watched a debate with him and him been almost criminalizing um the teaching of history in this this thing that now seems to come up in every election period critical race theory And how we're being erased, which connects to what I was saying before. We don't even need that type of person to exist because it's often, and I can't even really say they're using us to, you know, fit their agendas or carry out their agendas because it feels like we're happy to do so with each other. Um, But I'm not really happy with the candidates that we have or the people that are on the ballot here.
0: Um, in Mer- in Baltimore. Yeah. I'm... Because
1: it's, it, it feels like if I get up and I do my civic responsibility and I vote and I um, follow the, not only the election, but their term for whomever wins it's still not enough because there's not enough people that are staying active and not just on, because I can't even say people are, well, we've seen some record numbers of people since um, Obama has been put into office. However, um, I need for us to not just be active as we talk about the election leading up to the election or just election day, but we really need people to we need people to be active throughout the process, and is is this really hard watching you know our cities go to go through the um, go through the changes that we're going through? you know, I am um, trying to decide you know a different a move. Um, within the next couple months, and I'm trying to decide, you know, what does that look like for me? Do I want to stay here in Baltimore? Do I want to move? Do I want to move to a different side of town? Like, what what is it that
0: I want? And that decision is, is being, you know, um, distracted by the
1: cost of living, you know, in my city in cities like this, like what does it cost you to live? What does it cost you to um, survive day to day? And I'm an artist, an educator, um, a person who, an entrepreneur, so it feels harder for me, you know, because I have to get out there and I do work that is considered entertainment for people and not necessarily a necessity. And I I was shown that through the pandemic, you know, but we, you know, thanks to, you know, our mayor here in Baltimore and a lot of the leadership and, and a lot of organizations that, um, are fighting for people like myself, it still doesn't feel like it's enough because there's a lot of red tape and even getting those, those resources and those opportunities,
0: um, yeah i I just i feel a little off today um one because my
1: partner is in here um believe we'll be back next week Uh, he's not gonna be here for today, but um i just watched a lot of ugly stuff happen this week you know i was sitting in meetings this week and i'll say the last couple weeks really sitting in meetings having personal conversations one-on-one conversations you know, going to some events, and I just saw a lot of ugliness, and I also hear and see you all complain on social media about the very stuff that i watch watched a lot of you doing. Um, I see Chastity has joined the conversation. Hey, Chastity, um, and I rarely am in moods like this. Um, I do a lot of spectating, um, so I watch people a lot, but this last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of ugliness, um, come, and I'm still in a you know a deciding phase on what I want to do in terms of um continuing on with the educational system, and even you know, I can never not be an artist but trying to decide where I want to be at and where do I want to put my focus in in the artist because even within that um on the entrepreneurial space, I'm seeing a lot of self hate um amongst um individuals i'm seeing that translates and and gets you know pushed on to how they treat other people i'm watching a lot of um gatekeeping i think i made a statement about gatekeeping this weekend um this week uh on social media and just trying to just figure out you know really identify myself and i'm in a a special situation. I'll be um forty um in less than a year, and you know, you know, certain benchmark ages, you know, force you to kind of sit back. You know, for me, it was twenty nine, then thirty, then thirty five, and now forty is one of those spaces for me as well. And just trying to figure out what, um, you know, what I want you know what i want looking at where my life is and determine what i want a life and i'm um, really just mapping out things and it's a little difficult um
0: it's difficult for a few reasons um i i love to plan but I allowed my
1: artistry to be very free forming and um my business okay. structuring that now. So I'm at a space where now I'm putting a lot more structure into the business side of what what I want to do and making a lot of decisions based off of that. Um and less about just the creative process. Um and it's really helping me to
0: explore and maintain a different um perspective. Um,
1: And one of the things that I feel like I'm missing, not totally, but a big part of that was a lot of the elders that I had at one point, either they passed away or we're not as connected as we used to. And I'm blessed to have some of them around me. But um, that level of mentorship you know, I've I've been seeking that out in the last two years, really, in a different
0: way than I have previously. You know, um, but again, figuring that out for me because I see it that elder
1: situation be such an important factor in what I'm doing. Um, and, and and I think for me, because I grew up with an elder, um, it's a space that is, that needs to be filled in my life. Not that I need anybody to move or just move, but having that level of wisdom around you really, um, makes a difference. You see that many success stories include. That type of wisdom around them and figuring that out, you know, or or having that level of wisdom around you. I have to say that's the only way, but for me, that's an important factor, you know. So I always try to keep people around me who have been there, done that, um, because it matters to me, you know, not that it necessarily prevents me from making mistakes or having struggles. But it definitely makes a difference when you are going through those struggles, when you are, you know, at weird spaces like this, you know. So I have a lot of 40 something, 50 something connections with people, and it matters to me. You know, I have a lot that I bring to the table um, with even those individuals. You know, I have a certain level of understanding and wisdom that I share with them, and I'm always open to what. People have to say, or what advice people gave. I've never been that young person that just ignored it. I've, I
0: had times when, you know, I would, I would go back and forth with it. Maybe I question a lot
1: of stuff because I can see people's intentions, and I'm learning not to focus on intention. Be aware of it, understand it, know what it looks like, but not be so focused on it that I can't hear the message. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about figuring out the messenger versus the message. The message is what you, you're you there for. The messenger is just the person that carries that message. And that person can often be the least likeliest person or the person you would least likely listen to, but figure out a way to listen. Um, And it's been very helpful to me in various parts of my life because I
0: have listen and hear and take
1: in and and take what I need and let the rest, you know, fall off to the side. Um, But I like, so my mood is really mellow today. And I understand where I'm at, but it really does affect me when I see people purposely treating people wrong or wrongfully um, treating people a certain way because you feel like they can't offer you anything. Um, And every day this week, I kind of posted something um, along the lines of what I'm talking about today. So it really,
0: (laughs) it really just, it matters to me, it really does. Um, last weekend, I was able to um, go to a couple events. Um,
1: I'm connected to the Black Arts District here in Baltimore. And I was able to go to a couple things for them this uh, past week and this other networking events that I went to. And,
0: just what people watching is very interesting to me. It's very, um, it's is interesting to me because I don't know. Um, I don't typically go
1: out to those types of things and I don't participate typically. Um, but just putting myself up in that space and showing up for the things that I say I wanted is very important to me. I said that last week too. Um, So just a couple questions for you all based off some stuff that I've been talking about, based off some um, thoughts that I've been having. But I'm I'm really interested in what are your boundaries? That's a real big question for me. I'm really interested in hearing what people have to say and what thoughts they may have on that. What are your boundaries? How do you determine your boundaries? Have you determined those boundaries? Um, I've been saying forever I'm gonna start writing for the blog <laughs> that's on beexposedmedia.com, um, but I get stuck in what I want to put out there and how I want to, because even the structure of this show is in a not necessarily in a gray space, but it's kind of transitioning
0: into more of a self-awareness. Um, um, self-care,
1: self-realization type of platform. Um, And I love talking to artists. I love interviewing entrepreneurs and community leaders. However, I want more meaningful conversations and not simply what we're pushing. Um, And that's, you know, that determines The types of events and productions that i take part in um the reason i'm been with this this project is because i was able to see it at its
0: conception you said what i said i'm here by the way i was on the phone (laughs) i
1: can't are you voting have you voted already
2: I have not voted yet. I have to wait till like, I get my um uh, new printer cartridge.
0: That's okay. Your new what? A new printer cartridge. Okay. What is? What do you mean a new printer cartridge? What I have to know? print my ballot. I do, you know. I do. All of them are printed out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and you can't... My oh, printer, printer, all my stuff
1: your stuff. Mail is not one. Do they mail them out anymore? Or that's just for the general election? They're they're mailing them to people, I think, by age group.
0: Above a certain age group, Um, but Mm -hmm. mostly they tell you, you have to do it online. If you want to participate in um, mail in ballots,
2: you have to register online. You have to already Mm -hmm. be registered and then select how you want to do it. Like when you receive the email, it gives you two options to
0: um, print out the ballot and take it to a ballot box or put it in the mail. But the mail part is that they, when
2: they do it through the mail, they um, have to, they actually have to rewrite your ballot, which
0: is, you know, some people don't trust that, but it's a receipt process with it. Um, I'm just, am um,
1: I don't, I don't even know. Um, and maybe because I don't watch the news the way I normally do. But I I w- was researching like who's on the ballot. I just got you know how they send you out for a sample ballot, mm-hmm. um, and just looking over that and researching um, who's on the ballot and what they're voting on. And this isn't this is kind of like the in between election, so it's not as many people to you know look at. But I'm really not satisfied. Um, I don't I just I don't feel satisfied with who's on the on the ballot. Is it anybody that you
0: are focused on or you know for sure you want to vote for? Um did you say the same question again? No, I said, is there anybody you
1: are looking at voting for?
0: Uh, just Westmore. What?
1: Um,
0: uh, Westmore, quite easy. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much focused more on the... Well, I'm not saying in terms of your answer, but I know the person that I'm more focused on are the state's attorneys. Uh, well, let's yeah, It's only one of them,
0: so I right, even... Yeah, but he's running against someone. Oh, no. Yeah, Ivan is the state's attorney. Um, Anthony Brown was the attorney general. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. This election. No, it's only him on the ballot for um, state's attorney. Honestly. Doesn't he have a Republican um, opponent? Oh, you mean in terms of a Democratic um, candidate? Brandon. No, my ballot is only Iris. I guess the other person dropped out because I wrote—I oh, <laughs> didn't vote for them. <laughs> oh, okay. I wrote in Marilyn Mosby. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was my my solution because I don't really see anybody else. It was—it's interesting. I went to a, a event this weekend. It's the end of this week. Um, and I saw a lot of politicians there. Uh, Larry Young had a 25th anniversary um,
0: gala, and I saw a lot of, I sent you the picture of your girl who I saw. Um, And I
1: was just saying, like, all all these people who claimed that they wanted to do so much for our city, and I'm sure other people are thinking the same thing depending on where they live but I just saw so many people there who just made false promises and they're living, you know, they living it up. Like their livelihood or their lives have not changed the way their city has. And I think that's why I'm kind of in a, a not so good mood um, because I just saw a lot of them um, at this gala and they look, like nothing, you know, and you, you can't really see any people's personal lives or their funding, but it just looked like their lives had had not been altered, you know. But then when you come out into the city and you talk to people who have lost jobs or, you know, people who are struggling to be able to afford things because everything from rent to the price of bread has gone up and you don't see these people affected by any of that. Well, outwardly looking at it, because you don't know what people's home lives are like. Um,
0: but I, I I saw your girl um, uh, pew and it just, it don't look like their lives have changed. You know, not that I want them
1: to be homeless or, you know, looking like they strung out on something, but just the fact that the promises that they made to our
0: citizens and going into another election period um, their livelihoods their
1: lives their quality of life doesn't feel as affected as the citizens of their city has. Um, the long-term citizens of the city has whether it be business owners whether it be you know the community members who are being priced out of their homes
0: um, because of gentrification, um, yeah. I don't, I don't.
1: It's weird, but that seeing a lot of them together, um, even seeing Larry Young, it just feels weird. Um, because a lot of them have played the politics games and kept their pockets and quality of life healthy. Um. And a lot of the citizens of the city are struggling because of that. Even the wealthier people are having to hold on to um,
0: their money a little bit tighter. Um, they just trying to figure things out right now. Um,
1: and there's a lot. So politics is definitely stressful. Um, Making a decision about my connection to the educational system is very stressful because it's something that I love, something I've done for years, and something that I'm having to make a choice to leave. Um, and not feeling like, even though now they're moving to, so our school board here, a portion of the school board will be elected by. Um, by a body of people now versus people just internally being hired. Um, which sounds like a good idea, but it also sounds like another political move um, that at the end of the day, the citizens, and in this case, the children will suffer from um, looking at the cost of living, like what things, you know, I walk through the market been, I'm just going grocery shopping. And I was just looking at the price of everything. And it just felt like everything <laughs> is like three times the price it was at one point. Um, before we went live, uh, <laughs> I guess morning was talking about ordering out and just, you know, how the price um, adds up. And I was agreeing with him because it just... Just the cost of stuff. It feels, you know, and I know we've been through recessions before, but this one feels different. This one feels planned. It feels on purpose. It feels <clears throat> a friend of mine, she was um she's opened up a restaurant and um she was asking me, you know, about marketing and you know, I started asking her questions about the business to help her with the marketing side. And she was, you know, she was lost on a, a, a couple different um, avenues. So I suggested someone that could help her kind of set prices. And that person gave her some advice that was just ridiculous because the people that she in, is intending to be her clientele can't afford to eat there. And if those people that you intend to be your customers can't afford it, that means you have to market to people who can afford it. And those people aren't going to want to come to your space because it's in a certain neighborhood. So how do you balance that out with prices that allow you to be successful while still not price gouging or or outpricing people who will come and support you? Um, I was walking through the market, to finish that story, I was walking through the market and I was looking at a lot of the items and I was noticing that the items that prices have not changed as much, the size of it changed. So uh, soda bottles, um, some like detergents, um food containers have gotten smaller even though they some of the prices kind of got boosted up but not as much and those items seem like they've shrunk them in size like manufacturer shrunk the size of a bottle um because i i used to get this um one brand of detergent because my skin is so sensitive i have to use um I have a couple ones that I that I've used, you know, just in case, you know, they don't have this one. I found other brands that I could use, and I just noticed that their bottles have gotten smaller. Because at first the prices for them went up, but then the prices have not gone up anymore. But the bottles have definitely gotten smaller. So what I was paying for, the, the size I was paying for, got smaller. And you look at the the ounces. On it, and you can tell they got less ounces in the bottle, but the prices have gone up. So, and everything's being blamed on shipping and manufacturing prices, and and just trying to figure out when does this end? And everybody is selling you on something. Everybody has a tip component to their business, and it just feels
0: weird, to say the least. But um. I don't know. I just feel like my mood is this in a weird space,
1: trying to be a creator, trying to be an entrepreneur, at a time where everything is overpriced, um, and nobody wants to pay the price. Um, so being an entrepreneur can be diff- difficult in setting prices, and and I'm on a couple of different platforms where um, I'm selling to people as well as um, selling services and products to people. And that becomes very difficult maintaining. Um, luckily here at exposed we've been able to pivot to a virtual platform. So that doesn't mean Expos is paying for a space and owe a lot of overhead, but it still becomes difficult because it feels like every market is oversaturated with, people now because so many people started businesses so many people i know so many people started podcasts and started radio stations because they it is something they always wanted to do and they had the time and the extra cash to be able to do so so they did it um but i'm definitely um just in a space of trying to figure out you know what i want and what um what's next. 40, as I said earlier, you know, trying to decide, you know, what um what 40 plus will look like for me in terms of what I want, in terms of my goals, in terms of where I want to live, relationships, boundaries, you know, you know, every year I try to um write down a list of goals. Um and I normally started thinking about it around this year because my birthday's, um, in kind of the, it's in the, somewhat in the middle beginning of the year. So, is in May. So I started thinking about it now, because I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. So I
0: start implementing things that I want next year, for this year. So you know, the
1: way my you know, business looks. If you, if you can see, you'll start seeing things getting more fine tuned towards the end of the year. Because I'm now I'm thinking about what I want next year versus what I wanted last year and what I applied. So things start getting fine tuned. Um, I start thinking of challenges for myself versus just a list of goals, but more so challenges. You know, um, this year I've been really focused on my, my website and what that's looked like and it's taken so long because um i want more <laughs> i want more but i also want to challenge myself and scare myself into achieving if you're watching please join the conversation 443-642-9403 um yeah i just i want more and i want more in a different way not just quantity. But the quality of what more means. i'm um, i'm I'm starting to really research um, the products that I use and trying to figure out maybe black uh, owners, shop owners or manufacturers that produce those things. Um, I'm showing up more um in the spaces that I want to be in. Um, I'm trying my hardest to support everybody around me that are that's working and that's going after things. Um, I'm taking the time to learn more um while doing more. Meaning, you know, I've some of the stuff that I'm most comfortable with. I've taken a back seat, not necessarily stopped doing that thing, but I'm doing it from a different perspective. Um, instead of me being on stage, let me do something behind the stage. Let me do something, you know, that helps me build this product versus just, you know, presenting it, um, radio, media, jewelry, you know, I scared myself this year and I finally gave in Um, to Sharon Nixon for Baltimore Fashion Week and did um, Fashion Week. I'm going to say, you know, and I do stuff like that. I've done stuff similar to that before, but I never put myself out there. I'm, I'm a person that loves to support others and love pushing others, but me doing it for me, it was very scary. You know, it was very scary, and I'm glad I took the challenge. I'm glad I finished it and completed it, and it was, a tough thing Um, you know moving uh my studio from one space to another space in the midst of that um working with almost 30 models you know um hiring my first um real employee this time and you know trying to figure all those things out um really examining my relationships um, how I treat people, how I show up for people, how I set boundaries for those things to be reciprocated in my life. Um, all those things played a factor this year. So and me thinking about next year, I'm um, really just the idea of being adventurous or well, that idea of controlled chaos is kind of creeping into my mind, doing things that are unexpected. You know, doing things that are not expected of me and not just simply proving something to other people, but proving something to myself and really thinking about um, what I want. Um, I have a couple questions, though. I do have a couple questions. Uh, Marty, are you there? I am. I have a couple questions for you. Um in terms of be exposed, where do you see that going
0: 2023? Hmm. That put me on the spot. These are questions that you should have gave me ahead of time so I can think about
1: them. Well, I didn't want to do that because that would have been I didn't wanna rehearse the answer. Even if it's not something in, that's you know in stone. I just was, you know, in, in me thinking about what's next for me, I'm, you know, the things that I'm connected with. I, you know, we never think to ask those individuals or to really look at the things that we're connected with. We normally just go based off what we want. Well, well, well part of it, I'll say this part of it,
2: you
0: already knew that I wanted to take uh, the exposure to uh, an, uh, a more producing production environment uh, mm-hmm. that we want to start producing Oregon. Filming, uh, you know the different plays and things like that, being able to exclusively offer those on our station. So that's still in the works. Um, and then we're going to start doing some more um, in-person events now. You know, now the things are going to definitely start getting more in-person events. Mm-hmm. One of those things. Things I'll offer. Um. So like these plays that are happening right now, I wish we would have been able. We would have been able to probably get involved in those a little bit earlier, but time constraints. Right. And then
1: plus, you got the um, whole scale It is. Um, starting in 2023, too. It just feels, I don't, I don't, and, you know, the last time I felt like this, I was 29.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, um, I was, you know, I was pushing the dreaded 30, and I thought life was gonna be about Geritol and. AARP, AARP memberships. Um, (laughs) And I really, that's what I really thought 30 was. I mean, when you're young, that's what you see 30 is. So 40, 50, 60 is like... And just like we
2: always thought AARP was for older people, they don't actually have an age limit.
1: mm -mm, It's for everybody. And that's why why I just said that because I need discounts and deals. (laughs) Um, Just like the next person. I found that
2: out. I was like... um, Somebody I know just Greg like turned 50. I was like, oh, you turning 50, you can get your AARP card. They can mm-hmm. like, send it to you directly in the mail. And mm-hmm. that's when they told me. It was like, no, they was like, I already have an AARP card. I've been an AARP card since they were 35. So I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it had. It didn't have an age group. I thought that was for older people.
1: Because it's, it's typically marketed to that
2: The retirement, the retirees.
1: Right, for retirement. But they they have a lot of benefits for younger people mm-hmm. um as well. Um but I I've really with the thought AARP. about this is how I got into radio.
0: I used to always get A A R P
2: and Triple A confused anyway when I was younger.
1: Mm-hmm. But I still that they, they're it's well, similar,
2: because it's similar. They
1: are similar. But AARP encompasses all of that. Right. Triple A is strictly for your car and automobile. But they so, offer
2: they, but Triple A has all those kind of discounts that are like similar to them too with other places. You Triple right. A AAA membership to go, yeah, go buy some something off of Amazon and all that kind of stuff where they give mm-hmm. you the discounts.
1: Yeah, they they start. I've noticed they started including that in like their list of benefits. But there, mm-hmm. that's just a bunch of businesses starting to cross promote with each other. Yeah. Um, but I I remember twenty nine around the same time just really trying to think of things that scare me and 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 i made a list of stuff that i wanted to do at 30 and beyond and like i remember the top three things was figure out how to get back into radio without trying to work with 92q again that was that was on my list because i just didn't like my experience there
0: Mm -hmm. and um
1: I had on there go to therapy for the first time. Um, oh, it was it was a bunch of um branch out on my own and do things type of things I put on my list for 30. 40, it's it's a lot of financial um foundation put into that, um, into my 40s um relationship like you know in dating it, it feels really um, i can't even believe i'm saying this because this is what i said i wasn't gonna talk about
0: but mm-hmm.
1: but getting into the world of dating and trying to figure out your your long-term life because now you know we watch so many people die just like that so you start thinking about your your mortality and and just life um and I, I, I said I will go to the doctors more often. That's something that I, I achieve. You know, um, going to my doctors more regularly um, was something that I wanted to. Because when you're 20, you don't, you don't have any aches and pain. So I, I said to myself, like I want to, you know, if I'm going to get my mental health together, I want to get my physical stuff together too. So that's a lot of stuff that's now also on my 40s list. Um but I don't even feel like it. Do you feel, did you feel like you were 40? He tried to make people think he's not 40 yet, but um, I don't feel, I don't feel, somebody just asked me my age yesterday and they were shocked that I was turning 39, that I am 39. Mm -hmm. They thought I was like 35, which is Hmm. not that much of a difference, but I don't feel like I'm about to be 40. I don't know what that's supposed to feel like. That's do a I good question. I
2: I don't really, I I can't remember. Here's the interesting part. I can't remember because I, I actually thought about this like mm-hmm. a week or two ago, but mm-hmm. I can't remember what I thought about <laughs> uh, as the differences between 30, being in your 30s and being in your 40s. I cannot mm-hmm. remember what it was. What I do understand about being in your forties, mm-hmm. these things that these things that you're thinking about and talking about today on the show, gonna mm-hmm. have a different perspective on that in your forties. Right. I have but, a different perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. Stuff that I cared about, which is why uh, I think is which is why I haven't done my show in a couple of weeks, is because my perspective, how I look at things mm-hmm. that are happening outside of my domicile, has changed.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't care. Right. And it's because I look at what I see outside and what I can and cannot change and what I can't change, I can't care about.
1: And that's what that's what happened to me with the school system. Like, it's been three weeks um, since I was last in the classroom and it really, it was frustrating to me that no matter how much I showed up and did what I knew to do, that these children would still come to my classroom every day and I would have to reset whatever it was that they were learning um, or learning at home, learning in other classrooms and nothing was changing. And the frustrating part of that was I stopped caring. And that, that, I lied to you not, that Friday morning when I woke up, I got up at the same time. The only difference was I text the principal and let her know that this was my last day.
0: Mm-hmm. And I asked
1: her, I said, Do you still want me to come in? uh Or do you, you want me to just wait till classes are over and come and get my things? And I had never been that direct before with what I was feeling. Like what I was feeling had never been that connected to my feelings mm-hmm. because I. I try to keep them separately. So I don't just make rash decisions. I've learned that at a really young age, my actions and what I'm feeling have to be separated because I'll make a decision based off of what I'm feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't like necessarily doing that because I'm going to do homeless don't look good when you're in a, <laughs> it don't look it good at any time. Um, but, um, or not having a job, thats never been something that ever appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it i I understand what you're saying because I just I didn't care that morning when I woke up, mhm, because it wasn't something that I felt like I could me on my own could change because the system has gotten to this space where people don't care, yeah, they don't, and that's don't why care.
2: I can't care because i was i I found myself caring so much mm-hmm. about things that was happening on the outside of here yeah. that it was starting to affect me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I had an attitude walking around with an attitude all day. Nothing was making you happy. Yeah. Uh, and then all that kind of crap. Well, we and, and you,
1: and, but we talked about that but you've pandemic. actually
2: if you've actually had a chance to witness what I've been through in the past 2 years with this pandemic. And mm-hmm. it and it came to a boiling point even with my day job that oh, I'm not taking this shit from yeah. no one. Especially yeah. not another black person talking down to me. No. Yeah. Bitch, I got over 25 years experience. To
0: that's your four and
2: your four and a half or whatever you want to be as manager. But I've been a manager mm-hmm. for 25
0: of those
1: mm-hmm. years. But that's that's what I'm feeling. And it's I I remember going from my twenties to my thirties, feeling similar things. And that's really why I'm here. I'm on Be Exposed. I'm, um, I have, I'm sitting in a studio space. These were things that I put on that list of stuff that I wanted mm-hmm. for my 30s. And I don't feel like I got everything I wanted, but I felt like I at least tried most of the stuff that I, if not 90% of the stuff that I put on that list. But what has happened, even with politics, um, I was always civically minded. Like I knew Politics, I knew the system I voted since I was early enough to vote um or, or old enough to vote mm-hmm. um I always went with my mother when she voted so i under, but in today's world I don't care because it's something like what just happened to Marilyn Mosby could happen to somebody who you know is doing the right things
0: mm-hmm.
1: where oh, i'm I'm at a gala and I'm watching all of these ex. Sanity's and the insane. fact that she
2: lost her job on the strength of the police. That's the problem that I had with the Marilyn Mosby situation. She didn't lose her job because she wasn't doing her job. She lost no. her job because she was not... But somebody a, else wasn't doing their job. Yeah, right. She, she lost her job because she's not a police officer. Now, how much sense does that make when you're an attorney and it's in your name that I'm a state's attorney that I lost my job because the police can't get the crime rate down?
1: <laughs> and the lack of the lack of knowledge that the citizens had about
2: about her I job, about about mm-hmm. specific duties of an attorney. But it's an attorney. Attorney mm-hmm. don't fight crime.
1: No,
2: you know when you get in a car accident, they not coming to make sure you okay in the car. Yeah. <laughs> they are going to help me,
1: you get the money after
2: the accident.
1: And even even speaking about her, part of me wish that she would have just stayed in her lane, because she started doing. A, out of her budget for her office she started doing initiatives to help curb violence Mm -hmm. specifically for young people a lot of the programs that she tried to fund through her own personal budget in her office and what happened it backfired but
2: yeah her job her her only job was to actually be the prosecutor of a a well-investigated charge That was her job, Mm -hmm. and who does the well investigations? That is the police and their detectives.
1: Yep. And people made it her job
2: to fight crime, as if she was going to be out there with her hat, her police hat, and her um her (laughs) billy club, making things happen.
1: And I get, but I part of me I get it because she spoke up in ways that previous state's attorneys never did.
2: I, I I dare to say that the things that she was doing was supposed to be more encouraging to the city and not less of a a, a hindrance, because the only thing that we you know big thing that we can recall is her saying she's not going to prosecute marijuana charges, and that would be accurate. Now marijuana is
0: on the ballot, but well, she doesn't get credit for that, right? They wouldn't dare give her credit for that. Um, now, backstepping a little bit, just totally changing
1: the conversation. What do you think the outcome for Kanye will be?
0: Um, well, he'll never be broke. But it's going to be hard for him to recover. But from broke
1: this. in terms of not what you and I would think of as broke. Well, but he's still worth, he,
2: I mean, even without those endorsement deals, he's still worth $400 million. He will never be broke. <laughs> right. Right. He was a billionaire at first
0: mm-hmm. with all his
2: deals it, it equated to being a billionaire. Now he's back to being a millionaire, but it's still 400 million of those millions. So he'll never be broke. But it be it's going to be hard for him to come back without getting out.
0: And but I'm I not talking like about musically. On his musically,
2: I don't think he's going to suffer at all. He'll mm-hmm. be able to put out another album and it'll be top number one and all that kind of stuff. Musically, he's a genius. I'm never going to take mm-hmm. that from him. He'll be able to do music and be fine. Now, business-wise is what I'm talking about. He's going to have a hard time acquiring new deals just like how he went to Skechers and they made him walk right out of here because they're not interested in your crazy because that's not good for business.
1: I think I think part of it is the, him getting rid of everybody that's
2: on his team, um, and the Jewish comments didn't hurt. That's what that's what this is really affecting because you got to realize most of those people, most of those businesses are not not just Rand, but most of the employees in the accounting department—they're all probably Jewish.
1: That's the problem. That that's
2: I'm the having. part that was offensive, and why most of these people are like, "Okay, now you got to come to us." and how are you going to do this? You want us to do business with you while you are still insulting us at the same time.
0: But I don't even feel they were insulted.
2: I don't think it was I, an insult. I think it was just disrespectful.
0: Mm. But uh, it was it was the comparison
2: was is not the comparison. The, the comparison to slavery and and how Jewish people came back and organized themselves after the Holocaust is
0: not the same thing. explain that because theirs was the actual how did i
2: explain that just that we just talked about this yesterday on um on chad's show um the difference is between because a, a, I, I gave the difference between a holocaust and, and slavery the difference is, is that slavery was created by the selling of us to white people to bring over here to build stuff the holocaust mm-hmm. was just murder right and it was a murder. It was a a, a genocidal murder that they were trying to get rid of all Jewish people.
0: Yeah, to the to the, to the point where they were. It was not a lot of them left.
2: Right. As you see, that's why I said. it was a genocidal murder, where mm-hmm. it was only a few of them left that had escaped, but escaped with nothing.
0: <laughs> right
2: and they've reorganized themselves to become a powerhouse in this country today.
1: Some of his comments, and and I'll say, you know, and I'm basing
0: it off of his last comments, the drink chat interview that he had. um, It it kills because the people who I see prior to this
1: that are are throwing the dirt and, and pushing him Deeper into it, um, are the people that look like us. Now, once he made those comments again, because that's not the first time he made those comments, Mm -hmm. then they began to retaliate. But nobody, nobody thought that when he said, you know, Bush don't care about black people, you know. But when a narrative switched to them, then that's what the problem was. They were applauding him. They were applauding him when he said that, mm. but when he basically said Jewish people don't care about Black people either, then that's a problem. That's that's where I, I had the issue with.
2: But he made he, the problem with saying that though. I mean, it, I mean, you can say that. You can say that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it can't be all. It also can't be true just because the way they generate their money is better than you.
1: But I. I but I. I think I think he because I don't know what you want really, them to
2: care about. What is it specifically that you want right. them to care about?
1: And I think if his messaging was
0: more clear.
2: And I, I I like to use this Park Heights example as a question, as a as a point. You know, they have their own community in Park Heights. If they didn't want you in there, they wouldn't let you in.
0: Um,
2: that yeah, you know, that whole entire subsection of Park Heights Avenue was the whole entire Jewish community, and they got it on lock. And they get mad when you mm-hmm. t- try to be destructive there. But if they didn't want you to come in there, they wouldn't let you in. And it's a lot of Black people, a lot of, you know, different cultures that live inside their community too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I it's not that they don't, don't want don't, you don't, around, they just don't want to participate in what you have. And, and it's not nothing wrong with it. It's, an it's, nothing,
0: right. I, I think, it's not I,
2: enough I, Jewish I, people to kind of try to ostracize them. Not enough of them.
1: But they am just I, going I better than that. Us. I, the problem that I had was, I heard what he was saying, and it it sounded like that's what his messaging was. But I think if had he, you know, taken his medication or
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, not been on a platform where you're smoking and drinking, and you're. But they still,
2: and, and you know what? It's it's not that they it, it, what. That's why I say it. the question is why should they? What what should they care about? Because they are still a minority. The
1: points that he was making was how they control industries meaning they can control whether or not he's a billionaire
2: we had the same opportunity to do what they did and we didn't do it it takes they they came back from a situation where they were almost decimated and organized they organized themselves to make money and make money is what they did.
1: But see that, and that's that's. So I'm not I'm not angry with Jewish people having mm-hmm. issues with him. I, I I I am offended how they decide no more, and then he's gone. He's wiped out. Versus us not knowing we have that same power mm-hmm. collectively. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the. Even, it was really weird because I listened to that interview several times, but that's what I was getting from it. And even though his messaging was what he was physically saying, I, I was listening to the intention behind what he was saying. And it just, it did not ring untrue to me. However, I really felt like if we just, did, if we realized the power that we have, we would need a Jewish community to make Kanye or anybody else a billionaire, mm-hmm. we wouldn't need it because I I see the way we spend money, I see the way we, you know, we generate success mm-hmm. or industries. Look at how many Black-owned restaurants just opened up in this city alone, or Black-specific business owners that just started in the last two years Mm -hmm. out of nowhere these people used to have used to work at amazon and other nine to five social security post and now they have their own business but everybody is disjointed it's not a collectiveness across the board like in other cultures the asian the jewish you know the whites it's not as collective and that's the issue that, I mean, that's what I took from what he said. I didn't listen to all the the ego that was in what he was saying. I was listening to that aspect of it. But even though that's, that's not... Why I was, really,
2: and that's exactly why I was asking the question. What is your specific problem with the Jewish people and how they operate? They he, offered thought, you, he thought
1: if he play their game then he would be successful, and you were. And you were, and they
2: paid you, and they paid you well. They made you a billionaire. What what else do you want? Because they didn't do that for...
1: But he thought he would get his freedom along with the success, and no.
2: I think he did have his freedom. You made a whole entire collection of mud.
1: Yeah, but but that's (laughs) the only thing that he physically owns outright. That's that's
2: what I'm saying. He got this option on creativity, you yeah, just but, can't oh, look go around the, disparaging a whole entire community based on your own proclivities. But look at I all the
1: other things that he also made them billions of dollars doing that he does not own. Like, mm-hmm. Adidas basically has said they're going to move on with his designs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's, I think that's the part that has some confusion because he thought, if I want to play the game, just like anybody else thinks, just like some of the people that are his peers think. I'm playing the game, but they know I got to play this game forever if I want to maintain this. I can't just play the game, get to where I want to get to, and pull out. No, I got to keep doing it, or what happening to him is gonna happen to me. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's just the it, and I'm I'm watching those types of things happen globally or on the celebrity type of stratosphere my My thing for the last couple of weeks, I've been watching those same things happen on a local level, and that's I think that's why my mood is different right now, and I feel a certain kind of way because I've been watching us do the same thing locally, undermine each other, cut each other out, um bash each other, and it happens internally. We we can say the Jewish people have done all these things to us, but really it's happening from within. Not to say they don't have any, you know, hand in it or other cultures don't have a hand into where we are right now, but like you said plenty of times, like you determine your life. And that's true to a degree, but we have to also say it's a reason a big portion of who we are is still here and not much further or much successful. Or why it's only one person that can be uh, a success in every field versus all the talented people finding in space. It just, it just disheartened to me on many different levels that we are in spaces where We can't be collective. That's the part that I like. We don't have to, I'm not a person that feels like I have to like everybody or the people that look like me. I don't like every person that looks like me. But I don't I also believe I don't have to hate you either. Or I can't work with you. Or I can't do business. I've tried to work with several different people. And I just realized I can't. Because until their mindset gets to where mine is, mm, that's what be hard. I I was talking to someone before about um, a certain company that tried to take over Be Exposed Radio at some point. And we laughed a lot (laughs) because I was giving them the details. And I was laughing. I said, because I ended up working with this person. And this person acted as if I was was hallucinating. (laughs) To the point where I showed them the emails that were sent to us. And they still did not. I was like, isn't that your company's email address? So it was it somebody stole your computer and mm-hmm. sent that? But just the idea that you would, you see something that may not be at the top, 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 but you see them, because at that point we had like 20 some shows and mm-hmm. like, but you saw that and you, 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 I mean, who did you think was running that? Like, fifth graders? And we were like, oh, that's cool. They're going to buy it from us and let us run it, too? Like, but I was, as I was, (laughs) I'm still, it's still very funny in my head because I can see the misspellings and all that um, in the the hostile takeover letter. But in my mind, I'm seeing how this one Black business would, do try to do that to another black 50s. Mm-hmm.
0: They
1: wouldn't go to 98 Rock and do that. They wouldn't go to Our Heart Radio and do that. They wouldn't do that, dare do that to another white entity. But they would definitely try to just erase another black platform. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm still laughing, thinking about it, but that's. That's just examples. And maybe I'm just a kumbaya type of person. And I feel like we all can make money together. We all can be great. We all can be successful together. And we don't have to treat each other that way. We don't even have to like each other. But just put your attitude to the side for a second, go do the work, recoup your benefits from it, and move on. But a person like Kanye, or similar people to Kanye, because it's not just Kanye. I see that same arrogance in Puffy and Jay-Z and a bunch of other people, people who want to be like them. But at some point, we had to figure out, like, we're giving ourselves our freedom because in his mind, he didn't have freedom. You know, he he was given that freedom because he was playing their game he was making them money. But the moment, because most of them aren't even mad, like I was saying, most of them aren't even mad at him because of what he said. They don't care. They're too rich to care. The people who were, who were offended was, was below him. That's the people that was really, uh, you know, upset and at arms, up in arms about what he said. But they were more
0: offended that the money train was, was moving. Like, he started losing them money.
1: So it really just that, that was a part that was affected or um by all this. I don't I don't even think people cared about what he said. Except for the people who just wanted some some talking points on interview shows or something, wanted some ratings. But I don't even really think people cared. But enough about Kanye. I think um. He is still very wealthy
0: and still will be very comfortable um, in his life. Um, this one question keeps popping up for me: like, what are your boundaries? Now,
1: many people don't really know Marnie because they don't give you a chance to know who he is. Um, <laughs> he don't give you the space uh, to get to know him. I'm only an
2: open book on Tuesdays at seven when I'm live.
1: And you're really not an open book because it's whatever's written on that piece of paper. That's, what, that's mm-hmm.
0: You can ask me a question on Tuesday at 7. I'll answer it. To the best but, of my ability. But I... So, I always had friends like
1: you that mm-hmm. were that guarded and that... not wasn't even about being private, but that guarded. And I was always the one that was so open and so welcoming and so just open with things and it just would not um it I saw it was harmful. So I always was say, you know what one day I'm gonna be that private. So I began to little by little remove myself from certain things. Um but I still didn't set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then we say you do you have boundaries? Do you have and I was asking that to be facetious, but
0: how do you set boundaries for people? hmm for people
2: hmm. that's a great question could be like,
1: friendships we like romantic relationships, coworkers well, like at, at this point,
2: Nate, I think you know that um i, I have a low tolerance to a whole lot of things, so <laughs> it's um difficult to even answer that question because uh because of my low tolerance, um. I'm very upfront. That's one of the things I am. I'm gonna tell you if I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna tell you if I'm not gonna do it. So mm-hmm. the boundaries is it the boundaries is at the question. Mm.
0: Right.
2: Because I don't know what the line of my boundary is. If I don't like it, I'm not gonna do it. If I like it, I might do it. If I like it a lot, I will do it.
1: <laughs> so in essence, you really have not set boundaries. It's just I really have dumb. not. I, I'm going
2: to ask me and then I'll make a decision person.
1: And I've had to learn how to set boundaries. I've, I was forced to learn because often my kindness has been taken as a weakness. Mm-hmm. So I've had to enforce boundaries, which makes me always look like the bad guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know how some people get away with that and some people had, don't have to do those things. Um, and then others like myself, I have to set boundaries because people just think I'm gullible or not very intelligent, and then I have to show them and then set a boundary so that it doesn't happen again, and then I have to start that process with every person, but that was just something that was on my mind this week, and it's really something that I'm, um, in my talk circle that I have, that I'm presenting this week, so we'll, I'm gonna go deeper into that um, as we come up next week, but the show is coming to an end. Uh, do we have the Skyline show coming up tonight?
0: Yeah, they're on their way in. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll be having the Skyline show starting very shortly. <laughs> um, and I am very excited um, about this this coming um, week. As I said, you thought I was 10 project will be um, coming up on november 11th and we have some really great young men um working hard um and i wasn't able to get them this week this timing was off but i will have a few of them on next week um and that's the final week before we go into production production week and then the show opens up that following friday um so i'm really excited um If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, you can go to any of my social media pages, or you can go to the You Thought I Was Him uh, page on Facebook or Instagram to be able to see it. Um, And just look out for some more productions, some more products, some more services, all that jazz from the Artist Exchange, myself, Nate. You can follow me on all social media platforms under either Nate Kowser or the Artist Exchange. Um, and don't forget, come on out on uh, my, new, my new space. I'm over east uh, off of Hartford Road, 4709 Hartford Road, um, the Vashat Blue Jewelry Studio. Um, our website will be coming shortly, but it's one big website. Um, They're going to be a lot of services, a lot of opportunities, um, and then you can also buy the jewelry, you can watch the shows. Um, It's gonna be a lot of interactive things you can do on the website. So I've been steadily working on it. I have a nice partner now that is working on me, working on it with me. So I'm really happy to say that there's a lot more progress going on. Shout out to GoDaddy for being a great sponsor to me um, in terms of supporting me in this process. They have a great package of uh, deals that they have going on right now in terms of their services, And next week, I'll be giving away a GoDaddy
0: um, uh, cart reader. Um, They have these new cart readers. I'll show you mine.
1: And they have a really low interest rate on theirs, too. Um, So, definitely tune in next week. I have some giveaways and such. So, (laughs) and some other surprises. So. Tune in next Friday at five p.m. This has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on beExposedRadio.com.